Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. Of Acts. It says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Mal Malta. The islanders showed, up, showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed all of us because it was raining and cold. And Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. And the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happening to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was a, an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island, and he welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever, dysentery, and Paul went in to see him, and after prayer placed his hand on him and healed him. And when this had happened, the rest of the, the sick on the island came and were cured. And they honored us in many ways, and when we had already ready to sail, they furnished us with supplies that we needed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord Jesus, this morning we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives and for the Holy Spirit that is with us this morning. And Lord, just before we gather around your table, I pray that once again you will speak to us in a very direct way and we will give you all the praise and all the honor for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, when we were together, we spoke about when a person goes through the storm. And we were in chapter 27 of the book of Acts, and we're able to find Luke describing in detail the account of the storm that the Apostle Paul went through. And not only the Apostle Paul, but all those that were in the ship. There were actually 276 people that were there in the ship. They were on their way to Rome, trying to make it to Rome, but they found themselves beached in, a, in, in an island, and they just barely escaped with their lives. And we spoke about how we also go through the storms of life. We mentioned that last week. I don't think there's anyone here that has not experienced a, a spiritual storm within your life one time or another. And we have them every once in a while. We're people that will go through storms within our lives. It is something that is inevitable. Everybody goes through it. It'd be nice to say that by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, it would be nice if we never again had a problem in our lives or we never again went through a trial or a tribulation or any storm that may come our way. But that's not so. That's not reality. 
In fact, the Bible teaches that we will go through storms in our lives. In this world, you will have, not possibly or maybe, but you're going to have storms. You're going to go through tribulation in this world. And we were able to take a look at, at Paul, and we were able to see the hand of God upon the life of Paul as he went through that storm. And then they threw out some anchors. You remember that? And we started throwing anchors as well for the storm that some of us possibly may be going through at this particular time, or even future anchors for the storm that possibly you may go through in the very near future. And we threw out some of the anchors. The anchor, one of the anchors was having absolute faith in God. Remember that? Another anchor was that uh, God had a purpose for our lives and so on. We threw out a number of anchors that we could anchor ourselves when we're in the midst of the storm. And I believe that last week God spoke to many of us. And even in spite of the storm that you've been going through and the experience that you've been going through, once again the reality came very clear to you that Jesus is with you even in the midst of the storm. God is a faithful God. And even though the boat may be rocky and even though you, you, may, be, you may feel the winds coming at you and, and you may be in that hurricane or, or that storm, nevertheless, God is always faithful to his promises and God is faithful to his people. Well, just like the Apostle Paul said, he said he, he took leadership. And you see the, the leadership in the life of the Apostle Paul. He's a, a true leader. That A true leader rises when there's crisis. That's when they shine the most. Whenever there are, there's crisis, you're able to see what a person is made out of. And we're able to see that Paul was a true leader because when everybody was in a state of panic, then Paul took control of the situation because Paul knew God. And Paul had heard from God. And Paul also mentioned and he prophesied. He told him, don't worry about a thing. He says, we're going to lose the ship. We are going to lose the ship. We're going to have shipwreck and lose the ship. But not one person will be touched. Everybody's going to be alive. No one, there's not going to be no fatalities because he says, God spoke to me and said everything is going to be all right and everyone's life is going to be saved. And that's exactly what happened. Just as Paul said it, it seemed to be a, a miracle. It was nothing less than a miracle that all of them, 276 people, they came out of that hurricane, they came out of that terrible storm, and they were beached in an island. Now, in chapter 28, we find here God doing something else within their lives. There's something about after the storm, what happens after the storm. Do you know that whenever a person is going through a period in their lives of crisis, whenever a person is going through a storm, a rocky time within their lives, there needs to be that time of healing. God always allows us, whenever you go through a hard time within your life, there's always that period after the, after the trauma, after the crisis, after the storm, there's a time that God allows for a period of healing within our lives. You experience that also in the physical body as well. How many know the physical body, many times when you come out of a sickness, it needs time to heal. I experienced that when I went through my operation. The spirit was willing, but the body wasn't ready. 
And even though uh, I wanted to get back into what I needed to do and, and assume my responsibility, it took time. The doctor told me, you're not going to be able to do everything. It's going to take time. And I'm still not fully, totally recovered. The doctor told me, it's going to be about a year before you fully recover. There's going to be some symptoms, and you're going to feel some pains once in a while, and you're going to go through some of these things once in a while until you fully recover, and it's going to take time for your body to recover. The doctor told me that. And at first, I, I really didn't listen to the doctor, and I shared with you those things that I shared with you last week that as soon as I felt a well or I felt a, a little bit of energy, I started to jog and I started to run. And I felt that my heart was pumping good and the valve was working good. But how many know that my legs began to give out? And I fell right on my face because I wasn't ready. I was still going through that process of healing in my body. And the very same way, those of you that have gone through the storms, those of you that may be going through a storm within your life this morning, you, maybe you, you're coming out of the crisis or somehow you're in the crisis, you're in the storm, but you have the assurance that God is with you and God is protecting you and God has given you the victory. Many times I want you to know, don't think it abnormal. There's always that period and that time of healing. There's a time of healing that God allows us to be able to recuperate spiritually and come to that place of healing within our lives. And this is what we see God doing, not only with Paul, but in chapter 28, we see God doing just that with all those 276 people that were on that ship that, was, that were in the midst of that storm. I want you to notice what took place. It says, once safely on shore, so just like Paul had mentioned that somehow we're going we're gonna to recover, somehow we're going to make it, we're going to live, that happened to them. In verse 1 it says that they were on shore and they found out that the island was called Malta or in the, the way they used to call in those is Melita. But in our day it's called Malta. And it's a, a Sicilian island not far, from, not far from Sicily. And this is an island that God had prepared for them. They didn't even recognize it at first because they didn't really, really know where they were. It was early in the morning and they were suddenly beached on an island that they didn't even know anything about. And all of a sudden, they were able to find out later on that it was an island by the name of Malta. And then it says in verse 2 that the islanders showed us unusual kindness. Now, this is something strange because uh, in, in my version, I have the NIV version, it says islanders. I guess in your version, it may say natives, right? It may say natives, or maybe rugged natives, or something like that. Uh, barbarians. Now, there's some translations that even say barbarians, and the reason it says barbarians, the reason why is not because they were violent people, or they were very ignorant people. The reason why they call it barbarians is because anyone that did not speak Greek was considered to the Romans barbarians. See, anyone that spoke a different language or any language that they didn't understand or a language that was a, a, another language in the language that they spoke, to them they were barbarians. So they considered these people like barbarians because they didn't speak the language, they spoke a different language. And it says over here that the islanders or the natives or the barbarians 
And I think that's a poor translation of the word barbarian because of the concept that we get. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. Now it says kindness, but not only does it say kindness, but notice what it says, unusual kindness. Or great kindness was expressed by these islanders, the people that live in the island. And you know there's something about, how many know that there's something about showing kindness to the servants of God? How many of you know that the Bible speaks about if you give a cup of water to somebody or if you take care of one of his servants or you take care of, of a child of God, how many know that the blessing of God, God is not a debtor to anybody and that the blessings of God as you bless someone else, the blessings of God come around and they also bless you too. How many know that? Whenever you do something for somebody or for a Christian or for a servant of God, you can rest assured that you're sowing seed that's going to come back to you. And these people were good. They showed unusual kindness, not only to Paul, the servant of God, but to all of the people that were on that ship, the 276 people. And it says that they built a fire... You can imagine how it was when they came, they got on that island, they didn't have anything, they lost everything they had because of the shipwreck. They were freezing and they were cold. It was uh, early in the morning, just about the light had just come out, and they were freezing. They didn't have anything. They were wet and it was, and it was cold. And right away the islanders, they did a big, made a big fire. You can imagine the magnitude of the fire if they were going to warm 276 people. So they built a large fire, big fire, and they welcomed us all because it was raining and also it was cold. And then it says over here, notice what it says, that Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand, and when the natives or the islanders saw the snake hanging, notice what it was. I guess the snake was hanging by the fans. It was hanging on his hands. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. So they interpret it right away. This guy must have done something terrible. Now, you remember that there were prisoners on that ship. Remember that. And many of them were going on their way to Rome. So these people interpreted when the snake bit Paul, they interpreted that it was the judgment of God upon his life. That because of his guilt, that God's judgment came upon him. Now, I want to pause for a moment and share with you something. You know, sometimes we have a tendency to do the very same thing. Sometimes we, we have a tendency to, to misjudge people because of their calamity or because of what they're going through. You find this with, even with Christians. There are some Christians that are very judgmental. When everything is going good in your life, they begin to judge and interpret, well, he must be right with God. I want you to know, just because something is good, going good within a person's life doesn't necessarily mean that they're really right with God. Even because they're prospering financially or prospering in other ways doesn't necessarily mean that they're really right with God. It's just the, the mercy of God sometimes upon their lives. On the other hand, we've got to be very careful that we don't become judgmental. And there are some 
holier-than-thou type of people that always have a tendency to judge people when they're going through trials and going through their time of calamity within their lives. You find that in the Bible. You see it in the case of, of Job. Remember Job? What did his friends begin to tell him? His friends, Job didn't do anything. But his friends began to tell him, this is the consequences of your sin. This is the judgment of God upon your life. Now, I mentioned last week that we go through trials. Many times we go, the reason why we go through the storms, many times is because of our own fault, right? Sometimes it's because of our own fault that sometimes you're in. Some of you are in that problem that you're in right now and going through those crises that you're going through right now. And the reason why you're in that storm that you're in right now is because of your disobedience with God is your own fault. And then there are others that uh, the reason why you're going through is because the devil's coming at you and the devil's attacking you and the devil he wants to knock you down. It's the devil and the devil is the one, the, instru the instrument that's behind it all. And then there's another one that I mentioned that sometimes you may be going through that trial and going through that storm because of God. God. How many know that God wants to mold us? And if the only way that he's going to mold us and, and shape us and, and do a work in our lives is for us to go through the storm, then God will bring the storm so that he not only could get our attention, but that he could make of us what he desires us to be. And there's that, that pruning and there's that molding process that takes place in our lives. And sometimes God is the one that brings the storm into our life. So there's three ways. There's number one, we're the ones that bring it. Sometimes it is God that brings it. And sometimes it's the devil that brings it. But in spite of it all, God is a merciful God. God is a merciful God. And the islanders began to become judgmental. This happens as a church as well. Whenever a church, how many know that people go through trials? I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how many hallelujahs you say or how many Hail Marys you say. You're going to go through the storms. And it's going to be periods in your life where you're going, to be, you're going to be down in the valley. You're going to be in the valley. And it's going to be evident that you're in the valley. Instead of things working out, they're not working out in your life. And somehow you find yourself wrapped up in, in the storm or even a hurricane, a typhoon type. And people have a tendency to look at you and, and you kind of feel, you feel funny about it because the people look at you and they look at you, you must have done something wrong. Not only does it work with an individual, but it also happens to a church. There are some people that as soon as the church is going through trials, they bail out. Because they interpret it that something is wrong with the church. The church must be in sin. The church must have lost God's favor upon, upon its life and upon itself because they're going through that trial or they're going through that storm. You see? We become judgmental many times, just like these islanders did. Paul didn't do anything. Paul didn't do anything at all. Now, God had reasons for Paul to go through the storm, but it wasn't because he did anything. I mean, if it was anybody that was faithful, it was the apostle Paul. But nevertheless, he, was, he had to go through some of these trials and 
some of these people began to judge him because not only was there a shipwreck, but also even after the shipwreck and after he was saved from that shipwreck, all of a sudden now he comes into safety into this island. He lights up a fire and all of a sudden there's a serpent that gets a hold of him and it's a poisonous serpent that they knew what kind of serpent it was and that is surely this is the judgment of God and the judgment of God has come upon him. The sea didn't kill him, but now he's received a death sentence. And then they started looking and waiting. How many know that when you are in the will of God and you're, you're moving on with God, there isn't any demon power, there isn't anything that is able to touch you? In fact, the Bible even says it, even, even, if you hand, even, if you, even, even a serpent or anyone is not able to touch you when you're doing the will of God, he says. And over here, it was a serpent that went ahead and was hanging on to his hand. And it says, uh, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off the fire, into the fire, and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen, then they went to another extreme. First, he's... Uh, you know, he's in sin, you know. And then all of a sudden, they go to the other extreme, and they say, man, they're looking for something to happen for him to drop dead, and they change their minds, and they say suddenly, he's a god! He must be a deity, he must be a god, because the snake didn't do anything to him. You see how people sometimes go to extremes, huh? When you become judgmental, and you, you misinterpret things that God is doing within the life of an individual. Listen, don't let the devil bring condemnation to you. If you haven't done anything wrong and somehow you know that your life is right with God and you're going through a trial, don't let the devil bring condemnation to you. Listen, we all go through it. And if it is something that you've done and it's because you brought upon yourself, then I want you to know this morning, I declare to you this morning, that God is a faithful God and God's grace and mercy is sufficient. God doesn't just give you up. But God is a loving and, and merciful God. And whatever you've gone through and whatever he's permitted you to go through, sometimes he does that to teach us a lesson so that that experience will draw us closer and closer to God. Amen? And here we find that just like God, these people, it wasn't time for them to go to Rome. So instead of going on to Rome... God says they've gone through a storm and it's time for healing. They need, they need healing time. They need time for healing. And he beats them in an island, a secluded island. And you know how long they were there? They were there for a period of about three months in that island. What do you think was happening in those three months? In those three months, it was months of recuperation. They were recuperating from that orde ordeal that they had gone through. Now, let me share with you this this morning. I want you to know that whenever you're going through anything, whenever you come out of a storm, there's always a time of recuperating. Always a time of recuperating. And in some of those times, it is, it's times when you feel lonely. Those times are the time of solitude, you know? Times when maybe nobody's coming around. First of all, when, when people come to you at first, over here they came to them at first and they were glad that they that they were able to help them. But then later on, you see what begins to happen to them 
that all of a sudden even the devil tried to put another one on the Apostle Paul as well. But with us, whenever we go through a storm, there are times when you come out of it that you need to just, it's time of recuperation, it is quiet times, times when God wants to separate you so that you could be alone with God. When you come out of that storm is when God wants to talk to you. God wants to be himself in your life. God wants to be come into that intimate relationship with you. And there's always a period when God wants all of your attention and God draws you to himself. And this is what we see happening over here. So there's that period, that period of uh, time of healing. And, and let me tell you, it even happens with the physical. Even with the physical, I had a whole lot of time to be with God. You see? I recognize that even though I can't even come to church, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear tapes. This is uh, an opportunity for me to hear tapes, an opportunity for me to pray, an opportunity for me to read the Word. And, and God was more real to me as I was going through that period of recovery within my life. I took advantage of it. I was able to say this is a, 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 a beautiful opportunity and a beautiful time to separate myself and get a hold of God. Things that I couldn't do before, I'm able to do now. I'm able to come into that intimate relationship with Jesus. But it was lonely time. It was a time of loneliness sometimes because it's just you and God and no one else. And it's when God shuts you away from everybody else and wants you to himself and wants to come into that intimate relationship with you. Are you going through that this morning? You know what happens when you go into that period of time? Even God keeps the people away. You become like the plague. Even your friends don't come around to call. Before you were the, the main person and all of a sudden, you know, everybody was coming around you and all of a sudden nobody comes around you no more. You feel like everybody abandoned you. But God is at work. It is God that's at work because God wants you to himself. And God is separating, him, separating you to himself so that you could experience that healing time within your life. Now you say, how long does it take? Well, for some it takes longer than others. But it's very important to understand the next thing that happened. Paul knew that he was beached there on the island, but what did he do? Did he continue to have a pity party? What we have to be careful about is this, that we don't continually begin to have a pity party because of the things that have happened within my life, within your life or begin to rehash those things over and over and over again. Do you know I know a, a, a guy that uh, went through a, a similar operation like mine? And even after it was over, that's all he spoke about. I think he's still speaking about it today. And every time he says anything, I remember that operation, and I went through that, and I said, well, enough, enough, enough is enough. Big deal, we went through an operation, big deal. Let's put it behind us. That's behind us already. See? And sometimes this is what we need to do. We need to remember that that storm that you went through, it was an experience. It made a, an impact within your life. It, it did something to you. But we need to put it behind us and we need to begin to live again. There's that period of recovery, but after a period of time, we need to begin to step out. We need to begin to move out again with God. And this is what the Apostle Paul did. You, you, you know, those three months that he was there, you know, guess what he did? He could have just sat back and said, wow, man, and rehashed it. Wow, remember when we were there? Remember you felt that wind? 
Remember that storm, and wow, you remember this, and rehashing the thing over and over and over again. And, and I need counseling because of this problem, and somebody has to continually counsel me. And, and you counsel me, and I'll counsel you because we need counseling, you know. We, we have to counsel each other, you know. We need therapy now. I have to have therapy. And they, you know, and when I was a child, that's what happened to me because when I was a child, my mother treated me bad and I went through that storm and that ordeal. And oh, you know what he did? He went ahead and took a rest, you know. And as soon as he got over, the devil was trying to kill him anyhow because the devil didn't want him to go to Rome. But he knows he's going to Rome. So even when the, even when the snake bit him, he just shook it off and says, you can't do nothing to me, man. I'm going to Rome. I heard from God already. I'm going to Rome. That's God's will for my life. And what did he do? Did he sit back and have a pity party? No. It says over here that there was an estate, in verse 7, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius. Publius, the chief official of the island. And he welcomed us to his home. Now, this was the main guy in the island. And what did he do? He welcomed them to his home. And for three days, now, you can, now let me look at me for a moment. My mind goes and says, this guy must have had a big pad. If he's talking about just Paul, then I could understand that. But could you imagine if he says he welcomed us to his, to his home, could it be the 276 of them? And if it was 276 of the survivors, he must have had a big house. You knew the guy was rich. He was the main guy in the island. He was the jefe of that island, of those natives of those barbarians, right? He was the main one. And it said he had an estate. Notice what it says. It doesn't say it's still a house, but an estate nearby that belonged to him, the chief official of the island, and he welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us, and he was very hospitable. I want you to notice how friendly these people were. These people were friendly. For three days he entertained Paul, he entertained Luke, he entertained uh, Aristarchus, he entertained also all these other fellas that were probably on the ship, entertained them. And then it says over here that for three days he entertained them. And then it says his father, in verse 8, was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. When Paul, when Paul went to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. Notice that? Now I want you to look at me. You know what Paul could have said? Paul could have said, I, I can't minister now because I'm going through recovery. You see? And, and I still have that ordeal in my mind and I can't do anything and I have to just sit back. No, no. Whenever Paul saw an opportunity, what he did, you know what part of the healing is? Part of the healing is, instead of concerning yourself just about yourself, is focusing on the needs of others. Instead of just having a pity party and rehashing that ordeal and everything that you've gone through, part of your recovery is beginning to look out to the needs of others and not being so concerned about yourself and getting involved in helping others. And that's precisely what Paul did. Instead of him just concentrating on himself and concentrating on, on the 276 of them, they began to minister to the people in the island. And guess what? This guy's uh, father, was it father? His father was sick. And all of a sudden, Paul laid his hands upon him, and he was healed. 
Now, it's funny the way, you know, Luke was there. Luke is the doctor, physician. And instead of Paul saying, Luke, this is your area of expertise, Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, just laid his hand. He says, they need a miracle over here. We need to build a church over here. They need revival over here. And he laid his hand upon him, and the power of God was able to heal him. And instantly, this is what you would call instantaneous healing, and this is possibly the only place that you see actually Paul laying his hands upon him. I don't think you see another place where it says that he laid his hands upon him and brought about healing. But over here he laid his hands upon him and it brought about healing in his body. And then it says over here in verse, uh, in the next verse it says, in verse 9, when this had happened, what, what do you think happened? The rest of the sick on the island came and were, does it say healing yours? And mine says cure. Yours says heal. There's different translations, and I'll tell you why there's different translations. I think it could be a combination of two things that actually took place. I think, do you think Dr. Luke was just going to stand by? I think Dr. Luke probably got in action as well. And I could just see a team, you know, if, if, if Dr. Luke couldn't handle it, then Paul handled it. So there was the divine healing taking place, and probably even human healing that was taking place as well. But the Bible does tells, tells us that all of it, and it was just like going to a place and they emptied out all the hospital. I mean, the whole hospital was emptied out. Everybody came. It says everybody in the island that was sick. You, could, you imagine a demonstration of the power of God. Everyone that was in the island, if they had a hospital in the island, then every, they emptied out that hospital. Everybody, the word got out. There's healing taking place. Something's happening. The miraculous is taking place. And everybody came, and it says, and they were all healed, or they were all cured. And they honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with supplies that we needed. So as you could see, he just came out of shipwreck, and surely there's a time of healing that was taking place and God wanted him to, they, God isolated them on that island. And after a period of time, what did Paul do? Paul just couldn't sit back and have a pity party and just think about his problems. But Paul went ahead and put his hand to the plow and instead of just being concerned about himself, he began to help other people. How many know that's good therapy? If you've been going through a pity party, if you've been going through the trials and you're going through the storm, then don't focus on yourself anymore. Begin to focus on someone else. And as you focus on the worries of others and begin to focus on helping someone else, you will find out that your problem will become less within your very own life. That is good biblical therapy. And there are some of you that are going through that healing process right now, but I want you to know that God is a faithful God. It may not be instantaneous. It may take a while for you, for all those hurts to, to leave you. It may take a while. It doesn't happen. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. But I'll guarantee you that the healing will take place. And we have an assurance this morning that God is a faithful God. God is on the throne and God is a faithful God. Just like I know that all the symptoms in my body is going to go away. Oh, it's going to go away. And every day I can feel it going away, more and more going away. I, I could do greater things than I used to do before. You know? 
think it was last Sunday night, they thought I was going to dive off the platform. I kept on running and I was, you know, like, I felt like doing that too. Things that I couldn't do before because my body is healing. It's getting better and better and better and better. And that's what God wants to do for you spiritually. Don't dwell upon it any longer. Don't walk around with your head down and lift up your head. Even though you're going through that healing process within your life, lift up your head and say, praise God, I'm going through that healing process. Maybe there's still some hurts inside of me, but God is on the throne and I'm getting well. I'm getting better and better and better and better. I'm feeling better and better and better and better. And then begin to focus on other people and let God begin to use you in bringing blessings to other people. And you will find that all of a sudden your problems and your cares will even seem less and less and less and less until they finally disappear. Amen? How many can say amen to that? We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.